This is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon Junior. The villain, Marty Skell. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open. 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 Busted Wide Open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome everybody to BWO Live. Coming to you from Twitch, episode number 261. Preparing myself for the impending aneurysm that I am likely to have tonight on the show, live for all of you. My name is Nick Howell. And Rebby Hardy out here like, Tony, you got some splaining to do. Tony. Oh, boy. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the show. My goodness. We got to talk about Monday Night Raw tonight, Nick. We got to talk about Monday Night Raw. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Happened last night, and... uh, there are some, there's some things we need to discuss, Nick, but that's what we do on the show. We, we discuss the wrestling. Yes. We discuss the WWE, the AEW, the NXT, the New Japan, the Impact, the Ring of Honor, the whatever there is. We talk about it, and we bring it to all of you out there. But, of course, there's lots of ways to interact with us here on the show, and Nick's going to tell you about that right now. Yes. Guys, come over and join us in our Discord where we have live chats all throughout the week and dedicated channels for all the pay-per-views at the same time. We've had a lot of pay-per-views lately. And we we have dedicated channels to chat with all those. Plus, we've got some revamps coming in the next couple of months. That's going to get really lively over in Discord. Lots of stuff happening over there. Also, come join us in our Facebook discussion group. Like our page over there as well. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. Uh, subscribe to us over at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. And if you'd like to support the show and in the future get audio copies of the podcast, you can head over to Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. Get access to the show notes. Bonus episodes at the $10 tier. Skype calls. All kinds Kinds of good stuff happening over there at patreon.com slash BWO. We are also reaching the month anniversary of being here on Twitch. In fact, we surpassed it. I believe our anniversary was August 1st. So some of you may be getting notifications for subversary kind of stuff going on. It is also September here on Twitch, so massive discounts being uh, dished out by Twitch themselves uh, so you can get subbed up. But those of you that were ready for or we're here for the first month you're gonna get your second piece of chicken Ooh. Now, i know i know what a big deal Ooh, that is chicken. so make sure if you get if you get a notification to uh renew your sub go ahead and throw that in there not to be outdone abe himself mm. mr abraham castillo already got his in with the tier one sub thank you very much sir thank and you, to follow that up threw in a thousand Ooh. bits a thousand bits just just because he says i am listening to the busted wide open pot abe Thank, Thank you, you so brother. much, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, okay. Happy stuff out of the way. <laughs> it's time to go have some fun and get a little cray-cray over on Monday Night Raw. 
Should we call it Monday Night Raw, or should we call it Monday Night Redundant? Because it was a lot of things <laughs> walk, walk. we've seen before, Nick. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that mildly because I don't. I'm, there was very few segments where it was something we hadn't seen. By my count, we had two two segments that were brand new that we'd never seen the people mm. interact. And we actually had seen them interact. We just haven't seen them have a match or anything. So there was a lot of repetition in this. And at the, mo- the top of it was it was announced about 70 minutes before the show went on air that we'd be seeing Keith Lee versus Randy Orton again. Again. Okay. Um, did we not just see this three times in a row? Well, I, got inter- I thought it was, it was twice, so, wasn't it? it? It's what the heck? Well, it was one that was interrupted by Drew McIntyre with the one of the pay per view. Here we are again. Randy versus Keith. Way to make Keith's and Randy's mm. thing seem less special. But let's talk about how they got into that, Nick. Um, yes. Randy comes out of the top of the show and says, You know, yes, I did kick Drew McIntyre in the head three times, fractured his jaw, sent him out of here in an ambulance. And if he's not ready to compete at Clash of Champions, they should just hand me the title. And Keith Lee, if you keep getting in my way, at some point you need a boot to the head just like your boy Drew. So that's a good start for Randy Orton there. Unfortunately, he's interrupted by the sound of sirens. And Drew McIntyre, for some inexplicable reason, has driven into the arena in an ambulance, returning the way he came, which is a trope in WWE, but usually it's the same night. You know, you hijack the ambulance that you're in, not two weeks later. I don't know if, if, if Drew's just running around. If he stole the, the ambulance, he's just driving around an ambulance for two weeks. I don't know if he just if right. he went and rented it. it. I think he said something about it in the middle of the show. He's like, oh, yeah, I rented the ambulance. I was like, why? I didn't know you what? could actually. Can you do that? Can you rent an ambulance? I mean, WWE must have. I guess if you're bit, Drew McIntyre and you've right? got Drew McIntyre money, you can probably rent anything you want. If you're the WWE champ, you just right. go up to like an ambulance driver and go, hey, I'm the WWE champ. You're going to give me this ambulance. I'm going to drive it into the ring <laughs> and scare. I'm throw an atlas stone down. on it. That's right. <laughs> and I'm a huge kilt. So I'm going to do. So here's Drew runs in to the ring, jumps Randy Orton, gives him a big old claymore, sends him scrambling out of the ring, and Drew stands tall. Then Adam Pierce catches up with him backstage and says, Drew. You're not supposed to be here. You've got a fractured jaw, despite speaking completely clearly and seeming to be totally fine. So I'm going to need you to leave for your own safety. And Drew says, all right, yeah, I'm just on my way out right now. But Drew keeps popping up through the rest of the show. Oh, you know, I lost my phone. I, just, I found the wrong phone. I'm just, I, I'm on my way out of here. I just, I, I'm on my way out, you know. And then it comes time for the Keith Lee versus Randy Orton match at the end of the second hour, right in the, the prime time for the, uh, for the ratings, if not the show, not the main event for the show, but the prime time for the show. That's where they have this match. And once again, Keith Lee just seems to have Randy's number for most of this. Randy just cannot seem to figure out Keith Lee. He's too big. He's too strong. Randy's trying to be wily. But every time he goes for that RKO, Keith blocks it or he slips out of it. Or at one point, he just doesn't take it. He just, nope. And Randy's sitting there holding his neck. And Keith's just kind of bent over like, no, I'm just, I'm not going to go down on this RKO. So Randy doesn't know what to do. But finally, by the end of the match, it looks like he figures something out, gets Keith Lee off of his balance, gives him the RKO. But as he goes for the pin, Drew rolls in and gives him another Claymore as Keith rolls out of the ring. 
So DQ finish. And Pierce runs up to Drew. Drew, no, come on. Your, your personal well-being, your health, Drew. And Randy Orton's checking his jaw backstage. Kayla tries to interview him. And Drew jumps him again, gives him another Claymore in a ring that's set up backstage. And and Randy gets taken away in an ambulance. And Drew seemingly has gotten his revenge. So let's pick up, let's pick apart all of this that went down. Because the match with Keith Lee is like the least relevant part of this. Yeah, the the match itself was completely unnecessary. You could have just had Drew come out like he did at the beginning. And then have Drew come out like he did uh, again at the end. Somehow, have, have Randy out there destroying some jobber. This was my question. Dolph why did Ziggler it have to be Keith somebody, Lee again? You know? Sure. Why did it have to be Keith Lee again? It, this kind of repetition, unless they're actually going to build Keith into being, you know, if it's going to be a three-way dance at Clash of Champions, it would make sense to have him continue to be involved. But otherwise, it's diminishing returns. Yeah. We're getting less and less excited about Keith Lee every time he comes out. And you're having more and more of a possibility of Randy actually beating him and having us go out of this little mini feud with Keith on his back. And that's not going to look good for the big man. So it's, you know, if you want to have him debut strong, great. But at a certain point, it's, it's, it's going to fall off. Yeah. It's starting to fall off in a big way. It wasn't necessary to have this match be against Keith, especially because it was the same match we saw two weeks ago. Sure. And I was fine Almost with him coming out and, and eating one to, to debut Getting it back was amazing. Seeing him clean pin Randy Orton was amazing. This, I don't know what it is about big men and them running into ring posts and running into walls and just becoming, you know, drunk and destabilized. I hate that spot so bad. We just, that is not Keith Lee. Keith Keith Lee is not Braun Strowman. But the problem is, is Vince does not want his big men doing flips and being super agile. He wants them to be big men. And he's having Keith Lee work like a straight up big man. Mm. and occasionally pulling out a big, you know, a big spot, very rarely. But he's still in there lumbering, and on the outside, charging Randy Orton. Randy drops down, Keith runs into the barricade, and it's like he got shot in the chest. Right. Right. And I, I hate that. I hate, I hate the diving into the ring post spot. I hate the momentum into the barricade spot. It's, it's just dumb. The inertia and it, and is it, the it, only thing that can take a big man down kind of thing. Right. It makes the big man look like an idiot like you don't you don't carry that weight around every day and don't know its capabilities and its limitations right you know and it's in a situation where you're not necessarily going all it's neither here nor there that's obviously we could harp on a lot of things the bottom line is this match helped neither man no and when you look at matches in my opinion you should be looking at who is this helping it's got to help one of the people one of the people involved at least hopefully both or or everyone involved but if it's not helping anybody if it's not getting anybody over why are you having it? Yeah. Um, and if if that's the case, if it's just there to tell the story of Drew and Randy, why have someone that you're trying to get over like Keith Lee in this match? Exactly. Because ultimately, did Keith Lee look good in this match? Yes. He looked irrelevant. Randy can't figure, Randy can't figure him out. He finally got an RKO, but he didn't get pinned. Sure. But that's not good enough. At this point, the third or fourth time that we've seen this match, it's not good enough reason to have this match no so don't get me wrong drew and randy have reached nuclear status and i'm all here for it like yes that whole thing that that they're doing with drew and randy yes keep doing it week after week i don't care what stunt you come up with next don't take my freaking keith lee down with him 
<laughs> but the question is, like, is there a feud that's going to Clash of Champions becoming You're not like expendable, a war of <laughs> Is it becoming a war of attrition where you know who's going to survive until the match? Because if so, I like that story. I like the fact that Drew got his back this week. Like he got okay. You're going to take me out. Cool. I can play that game. That's a good look for your face champ. He's a badass. Yep. He's not going to take any crap. And Drew is actually kind of a he's kind of a, a cool enough dude that it didn't seem like he was just being a straight asshole about it. You know, he wasn't being mean to Caleb Braxton. He was kind of being dismissive of Adam Pierce, but at the same time he's like, "Look, I know you have a job to do, but what I'm what I want is more important than your job tonight." Um, but it wasn't in a it wasn't in a malicious way. It no. wasn't in in a a mean way. He just was focused on one thing. So it came across looking like a badass champ, right? So it's a good look for Drew. Uh, I'm curious how Randy reacts to this and responds to this. I love the fact that he was selling the hell out of his jaw, almost comically, you know, overselling his jaw. So I'm curious where they go next. Did, did Randy's jaw get fractured as well? If so, like, does this become who can compete at a Clash of Champions? Did Randy's jaw get broken as well? Will Drew McIntyre be ready for Clash of Champions? Tune in next week to find out who right. will fight for the WWE Whoa. Championship. Whoa. Do both Randy and Drew take themselves out to the point where they're both vulnerable and Keith Lee steps in, in a three-way <laughs> dance and takes the title? <laughs> oh. That would be pretty fun. Oh, man. That being said, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily see that happening. Yeah. But... At the at the end of the day, like you said, yeah, the Randy Drew stuff is great. It just it was a everything else was redundant and seemed very light on. It wasn't very creative. No, no. So uh, let me catch up uh, real quick. Uh, oh, let's good. see, Sheppy, good Brad Shepard, not ringside news. Brad Shepard, good Brad Shepard threw yeah. in two hundred bits as he had the fantasy football draft at eight thirty. So I'll be dropping out here in a bit, watching NXT and listening to my boys. Sir Ian and Nick, thank you very much, Brad. Appreciate the uh, the two hundred bits. Xander Gabriel threw in five hundred bits with nothing but a pod champ emoji. Thank you very much, Xander. Thanks, man. Xander. Uh, And Kyle followed it up with a hundred bits. Said the only thing that could make sense of this match is Drew dropping it at Clash for Keith to win at Hell in a Cell. If that's the case, R.I.P. Randy Orton on the future through the cell pounce. (laughs) <laughs> uh, i'm here yeah okay on that but I, that ain't that's not i don't know keith no. already has a win over randy it's gonna be a miracle to not have randy get that win back at some point i'm waiting for it to happen i i can't wait i i think we do get drew and randy uh beyond clash i think it's so it's probably too. gonna be a title flip and we're gonna you know have drew chasing again I wouldn't mind that either. I'm I'm curious where they're going. At least they're keeping me entertained on that. But they're also Nick. Also, I'm gonna, I'm going to say this. They also are keep also are keeping me entertained with everything going on with the hurt business. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something, considering that the hurt business is still feuding with Apollo and Cedric and Ricochet. After all this time, it's still going on. However, they swerved me this week, Nick. They did. Because here we come, the Hurt Business against Apollo Crews, Ricochet, and Cedric. Again, okay, well, Apollo wants his U.S. title back. We know where this is going. Or do we? Because despite being attacked at the top of the ramp, Cedric Alexander turned on Ricochet and Apollo mid-match, apparently joining the Hurt Business, beat them up, put Ricochet into a wall. No, no, nothing was declared. It was. 
It was declared. I mean, did all he did was rip Ricochet off the ring, off the apron, and go in and lumbar check Apollo Cruz so that Shelton Benjamin Shelton, to give him pay dirt. Benjamin, Benjamin. give him a pay dirt, yeah. and then he just they stood it on not in the ring and on the ramp, just smiling and sneering at each other without they didn't yeah. say a word. No, but then they went backstage. And, and Cedric said, yep, I'm a member of the, I want to be part of the Hurt Business. You finally convinced me. Like, I'm sick of losing. I want to make that money. And then Shelton pulled him aside and said, that's great, dude. But if you're playing us, I'm going to find you. I'm going to kill you. And I like that little moment where Shelton just kind of got in Cedric's face. And he's like, you better not be playing us because I'll get you. I'll cut you mm. real quiet. Leave it to bleed. Got it? Real slow. like Real slow. <laughs> yeah. So it's... <laughs> So I dug, I, I dug that, and then later on we had MVP's VIP lounge where they officially inducted Cedric into the Hurt Business. And that got interrupted by Ricochet and Apollo, who were pissed. That got, and then the, that, that, they got joined by the Viking Raiders, and then we ended up having a four-on-four tag match, uh, which ended a little bit weird. It was actually a lot of fun, uh, unexpected fun. I did not see any of this coming. But then, damn it, Ivar... Tried to do Air Ivar, go through the ropes to the outside on most of the Hurt Business except for Cedric. Um, took them all out, but took himself out in the process. Threw up the X right away. Legit X. Um, and then after the match, was seen like clenching his fist open and closed. Turned out he did go to the hospital after that. Uh, was legit injured, but it was relatively minor. Gave himself a stinger. A from what, stinger. It was like a cere- uh, 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 little, 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 little pain. Uh, they called it a cervical I- uh, issue. But uh, but he's fine, apparently. But, man, I, the big guys going through the ropes is terrifying. But there's a reason it's terrifying. It's because it, it's really, really freaking dangerous. And it does, it's not necessary. Like, if Keith Lee doesn't need to be doing backflips, we can stop on the big guys through the ropes. I'm just saying. Um, that being said, then the match ended with uh, Cedric dropping Ricochet pretty much on his head in the middle of the ring. But Ricochet kicking out at 2.9. But the ref's still calling for the bell. And I, I can only assume that was because of the injury on the outside and they just yeah. fudged it, um, which is fine. As, as we've learned, it's much better to stop matches than to let them continue when Rick someone's didn't get the memo. injured. Still tried to kick out. That's fine. Yeah. Rick didn't hear the ref. Like it's, it's okay because now going forward, you can have these former tag partners do a little side feud. I hope this is the plan. They have a little side feud and Ricochet, one of Ricochet's things is, yeah, you, never, you didn't really beat me. I wasn't really pinned. Mm-hmm. So you can go have a fight. Like, it builds more to all of these feuds. Now, WWE has always had this problem, and it's especially been bad on Raw in the last like six to nine months, where we have these feuds with a bunch of people, and they just kind of all churn, but it's really just about two people. And here it's really about now, it was, it was about Apollo and MVP. Now it's about Apollo and Lashley. Um, and now probably, I'm hoping, please... Dear Lord, WWE, whatever, give us Cedric versus Ricochet. Yeah. Did you see the Ricochet versus Mustafa Ali match this last week on main event? No, I didn't. Woo! Seek it out, everybody. I Seek will. it out. It's, it is as good as you would think it was. Mm. It's insane. But it's on main event with no story. Now you can do something with Cedric Alexander and Ricochet, and that's just going to be absolutely bonkers. Yep. I would love to see a feud between the two of them. I'm just worried it's going to become more about these you know, interminglings between all these different elements of the faction. Now, I love the Hurt Business. I love that they added Cedric. They're one of the best things in WWE right now, hands down. Adding Cedric is a brilliant move. It was him or Ricochet. Someone was going to turn. 
I was personally hoping it was Ricochet to give him some character and something to do, but Cedric is pretty much just as good. I like Not Ricochet better as a babyface with Apollo. Fine. Fine. I, I personally think Ricochet needs to show a little bit more character and being a heel could have helped him Cedric, with that. But Cedric's same got thing. a better story. Screwed out of the cruiserweight sure. stuff. Like uh, the, all that history that they can pull on to uh, to build story, character for him. Sure. It's it's fine. Cedric is fine to go to the Hurt Business. It's going to be a great lineup. And if there is a swerve down the line where Cedric was doing a double, double, double cross, um, um, that sounds great too. Yeah. I love that. Did this feel like the Roderick Strong Undisputed Era playbook to you a little bit with Cedric over the last few weeks? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they get get beat down until you join him. You can't beat him, join him kind of thing. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. The Undisputed Era's had a great run with Roderick Strong. It was the best thing for him. But that being said, what I'm worried about is everyone on the face side of things. You've got a great faction in the Hurt Business, and you had a great faction with, for instance, Seth Rollins and, the, and his, his, his disciples until AOP got injured and then never came back. And uh, Austin Theory disappeared and went back down to NXT and... Murphy now apparently on the way out as well. We'll get to that. Um, so that was going well, but you were always every week having them, uh, Kevin Owens and Rey Mysterio and uh, you know everyone, uh, uh, Humberto Carrillo, Alistair Black, Alistair Black <laughs> right? And every week it was just some variation of that. And at a certain point, there was not really any story besides Seth and Ray. And right. then that ended up turning into a good story. But the the the, pack, the the point I'm making here is that this story right now has good elements, and there's a lot of good workers in it. But I'm worried about WWE once again falling into their trope of only two guys matter and everyone else there is just window dressing. Yeah. And that's especially bad when it talented people like Ricochet, Viking Raiders, if they're still going to be involved. Um, if Ali is still somewhere circling around this, like who knows? Right. So it's I would like it if they had other things going on as well. It's the same critique that we have for AEW, not bringing us up to speed on things that are happening on uh, Dark on Dynamite, right? If we're going to have things that are happening outside of it, at least have them matter and then bring that stuff into, uh, if you're going to have it on Raw or SmackDown, if you're going to have something over on Main Event or you're going to have something outside of the main show and it's going to have to be part of this story somehow... Bring it up to the show with us. Help expand that universe in a way. Otherwise, main event is just a bunch of wrestling matches. Well, but I don't know that they've really... That hasn't really been so much of an issue. Um, although Ricochet and Cedric did mo- do most of their work on main event, but the issues here seem to mostly have been on Raw. But I guess what I'm saying is, is like now that you have all these moving parts, have all of them be relevant yeah. in this. right? Otherwise, they're just there to fill space. You got four people in hurt business. Oh, let's find four people to face them. Oh, the Viking Raiders. It seems a little random. Yeah. You know, especially when we have a tag division that's just we do? a mess, right? Well, that's that's a very good point. Let's actually talk about that. Because Andrade and Garza are still feuding with the Street Profits. They had another match against the Street Profits. How many times do champs need to fight guys who they've beaten? And they beat them again. At- and they beat him again because Andrade and Angel Garza are still not on the same page. We're still telling the story. Still. No, no follow through on the story from last week where Angel Garza ran out on them and then ran out on the Demi chick from The Bachelor. It's just this week they're just kind of mad at him. Well, you ran out on us last week, but okay, we'll do another match. Well, I'm, we're still not on the same page. I don't like Andrade. Andrade doesn't like me. Okay. Why, why do we have to have a match? Why couldn't we have done just some backstage bit or something somewhere well, else where we could show that 
Garza and Andrade just weren't getting along because that's all this was for. Why does it have to be a match against the Street Profits? There's because there's else. no other tag teams for them to face. Exactly. There's nobody. But there are other people. There's the Hurt Business. Right? There's, there's, um, there's the Ninjas. You know? Sure. Like, there's other people that are tag teams on the brand. Now, you want them to lose because they're falling apart. So it doesn't, if, they're gonna, if they're falling apart, it doesn't matter who they lose to. Like, you don't want to lose to the ninjas, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, why not? That would, that would be the ultimate. You know what I mean? That would be the ultimate kick in the groin that you're, you're so on, not on the same page that you can't even beat a couple of D-list ninjas. Maybe not the ninjas, but someone else. You know, you can even, you can, they do all the time, throw together a damn tag team. Yeah. No, well, I... Hmm, you I, know, why not? I have you thoughts, got but I want to teams, talk about not? the rest of what happened first. Um, Viking Raiders, you had them right there, but you had to use them in another segment. Oh, they've chumped them already. They're, they're done. You could have... You I don't know. Long live War up, Machine, rest in you peace. Brought up, uh, you could have brought up Carrillo and Ali to help out Ricochet and Apollo, put the Viking Raiders... Anyway, we could sit here and book Raw how we would like to... Hashtag wrestling. We could do it all day. Bottom line is Street Profits versus Andrade and Garza again. After about two minutes, Garza walks away, <laughs> dong and all, and says, I'm done. I'm out. What do, you, what do you want from me? Street Profits are like, yay, we won again. <laughs> Beat these guys a billion times. Who cares? But apparently, that's, that's ringing bells over in SmackDown because Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura showed up? They showed up and challenged Street Profits next week? Next week? Next week? For a champions I'm, I'm, versus champions match, I'm starting to twitch. I'm sorry. We're so, we have so few tag teams. You have to bring over people. Apparently now, okay. Also, it's apparently a quarterly champions challenge thing that's never happened before. We've never heard about this before. That's uh, a quarterly champions versus champions challenge. Yeah, <laughs> that's the ticket. And, and you've got clash of champions coming up in three. <laughs> You have to do it. You can't You've wait. You've got Survivor Series coming up in two months. You can't wait to have a championship versus championship match at Clash of Champions. What is going You're going to do it next week on TV. You're going to have the Champions Clash two weeks before Clash of Champions. Huh? Now, the only thing I can think here is that we're maybe going towards a unification of the tag titles. Please, God. Which, 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 which at this point... When we have, like, no tag teams on either roster in either show, maybe would be a good idea. I need to put that pen down because I'm going to snap it and get ink everywhere. Wait, for those. I mean, <laughs> I still think that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that you could, like, find tag teams. You guys have, there's no excuse to not have tag teams unless that you're, they really do just want to shrink the division entirely. And do what they did with the women's tag, div- you know, thing with where there's like, yeah, they can go to both brands, feud with people, cross both brands. That's exactly Makes what it needs to be. At this point, I might. I always have a triple I always, threat match at Class of Champions uh, or Survivor Series in a couple more months. Unify the GD titles and let the champions defend them across all three brands, well, just like they week, did with the women's tag championship. Maybe next week will be a showcase, and then there will be a unification at Clash of Champions, and that's what we're heading towards. And if that's the case, then so be it. But I'm always an advocate. If you've got two brands, then have two titles. 
have, a, have titles for each brand because it gives more opportunities, especially if you don't have brand-specific pay-per-views because then the pay-per-views are all about who's got the belts. Yep. And more people get more opportunities if there are more belts to face off for. If you got, but if you don't have enough tag teams, then what are you going to do? But that's on them. That's still on them for not creating and and establishing enough tag teams. What and are you going to do? You have Street Profits and, and Andre Andrade and Garza. I can't and even you, talk. Here to we you. are breaking up tag teams. We're right. breaking up Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. We're breaking up Ricochet and, and Cedric Alexander, which shouldn't have been one in the first place, right. but it's fine. It, they were one. Use them. Sky people or whatever they called them. I can't remember. Ever rise? Oh, oh yeah, Flyboys. They never really even. They didn't have an official name. Right. <laughs> so. We, we've lost Oscar ah. and Kyrie Sane, mostly for personal reasons. We've now yeah. broken up the Iconics last week, which we'll we talk about later. Uh, with the, literally one of the only tag te- actual Legitimate tag teams you had. female tag teams. Yes. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we're having a bit of a ranty, ranty show today. Bit of a ranty Ian, show. I'm going to need you, you to hold up. it together because I'm not going to be able to hold it together tonight. This is, <laughs> this, this is this, too much shit going on tonight. We, we promise we will end this with upon a positive note. Yes. We promise we'll get there. Uh, did you need to catch up over there, Nick, or are we still doing okay? Uh, yes, we did have one come in from Kyle for 100 bits. Thank you very Thank much, you. sir. Somehow, WWE made me not care about Angel Garza. Wow. That takes Whoa. concerted effort to make happen. And I swear to God, if I hear Saxon say, see, Garza and Andrade aren't on the same page, <laughs> I will openly advocate for Graves to be oh. on Raw. Okay, we skipped this part. What, what the f- is Michael Cole doing on Monday Night Raw? Um, not calling finishers and getting lost a lot and, and, and stinking up the joint in all seriousness. No, like, like Michael Cole is fine. Okay. Once he shows up, I'm like, all right, it's Michael Cole. I don't really, I don't really mind it. That being said on this raw, he was particularly Michael Cole ish. Um, like really is over enunciating people's, uh, hat, you know, their, their, their nicknames, the Viper. And then literally twice missing out on major moves and didn't call the grizzly Magnum. In the Keith Lee match, he just chopped the heck out of Randy Orton. It's called the Grizzly Magnum, Michael. It's a signature move. What a Later high on, kick! He com- completely missed someone's finisher, called it the wrong move entirely. Yeah. I, 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 yep. Sorry. Why'd you have to bring him up, Nick? I was doing so well. I was starting well, to recover. I was getting, I, I was getting I better. You brought him up. We're about to talk about positive stuff. Uh, I want to make sure I finished Kyle's thing there. Uh, I blame Advocate for Grizzly on Roddy McCall. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Saxton is. I've lost Saxton. Saxton without Graves is not as fun. I don't mind Saxton because every once in a while Samoa Joe will punk him. That's that's true. That I don't, he I, needs to do Joe, that. Joe Joe is yeah, heat man. He's the meat in my stew. I'm loving him on that table. Oh, thank you, Kyle. Uh, Costanza Chris threw in a hundred bits. Said, "Why does Vince hate well, tag teams you. so much?" When I was a kid weird, in the eighties, tag teams yeah. were really good, but yet still very low on the card. Right. Vince, Vince has always believed that tag teams don't draw money. It's actually one of the reasons why AEW is pushing tag teams so hard. That and it was started by a tag team. But they, they truly believe that tag team wrestling is something special. And so they're really, really, really pushing their tag divisions. You see a lot of tag matches over there. They've got like 17 tag teams over there between like legit tag teams and, and two single stars who work together as tag teams. It's crazy. It's, it's diametrically opposite from WWE. But it's also... I think it's good business because you're seeing something that's very different than WWE. WWE could give two craps about tag team wrestling. Vince could give two craps about tag team wrestling. It's an it's an open stated thing that Vince has has openly said he doesn't give a crap about tag team wrestling. Yeah. Um. So, 
that's one thing. If you're looking for a, you know, a different, if you want more tag team wrestling, you have an alternative. Uh, that being said, we didn't really have a whole lot of tag team wrestling here because it was a two-minute match, and then we had two tag teams facing off. Now, that being said, the idea of Shinsuke Nakamura uh, and Cesaro facing off a of Street Profits is, if they let them go, that could be really good. They were taking some nice nice uh, fourth-wall digs at each other here. Like, damn, Cesaro, how many partners have you had? Yeah, the, oh, look, it's the bar part The two. bar 2.0, you know, kind yeah. of. Uh, Kyle with another 100 bits said, Unification is a Band-Aid on giant hole in a dam. Effort is a WWE's biggest issue with tag teams. One title doesn't undo months of telling people not to care about the division. That's a fair point. That's absolutely Pretty a much. fair point. Pretty much. I, I'm at the point now where I've been talking about the first half of this year. I was all like, just unify the brands. There's no brand split anymore. <laughs> just stop Just just stop wasting effort. Just put everything together. Let anybody challenge for any title and just say you have two different shows that are all of the superstars and make it one big melting pot three nights a week. Kind of like yeah. what we had back in the Attitude Era. You'd have the same people across brands. But I understand the logic around it. You don't have as many people if it's just the top of the card and the upper mid card getting all the action uh, on the shows across all three different shows. There's not a lot of room. For, but you've got nine. What, let me make sure I do my math right. Two, <laughs> four, seven. <laughs> Carry the seven, one. 18. At least seven hours of television time a week. And you're telling me you can't get an, an, a large roster like that? I, I, I agree, Kyle. Unifying the titles is a Band-Aid, but it's a, it is a gushing wound in the tag team division right now that it, just Nick, needs Nick, a tourniquet. This is, is uh, Kyle's reading my mind. Kyle, you checking my notes? Because look, tell me I'm wrong, Nick. In the notes it says, is this bandaging a self-inflicted wound? Uh, I have to find the note. Uh, I'm just saying, it's just yeah. confirm. But yeah, just oh yes, Kyle. there it is. Is this bandaging a self-inflicted wound? Yeah, totally. Kyle, you literally took the words out of my notes. I truly, I, I, I believe it. They did it to themselves. I promise I hadn't posted them yet. So. Y'all doing it to myself? <laughs> oh no! I, but and they fired AOP too. We still don't. I'm still curious why they let AOP go. Why did Why did they let AOP go? Maybe they weren't I'm as compelling without Paul Ellering. I don't know. Well, I mean, they brought up the main roster. It was just one misstep after another, and then injuries and just blah. Uh. Yep. Another another one. Okay. But we did have some stuff we have not seen before on the show. Let's Woosah. 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 Let's move away from the tag team division right now because oh my God. Uh we had two handicap matches against the women's tag team champions. Um, I'm, okay, had... I'm back up again. Sorry. Well, <laughs> Jesus Christ. What the what were they thinking? We were doing good for a second. Shayna Baszler. And Nia Jax had back-to-back handicap matches against the Riot Squad, meaning Shayna Baszler was solo against the Riot Squad, and then Nia Jax was solo against the Riot Squad. Now, Nick, I don't know what the logic was behind this segment. Hashtag WW logic. I don't know what the thought was. Again, with the who does it get over? Like, who is it good for? Let's have, let's have our tag champions, or champions, have a handicap match, and the, I understand that this came from the fact that Shayna beat both Sasha and Bailey by herself, and then Nia beat them by herself, both at the same time. Which, fine, the way they built to that in the matches made it make sense. Right. Um, but here we had Shayna go against the Riot Squad, look pretty dominant for most of it, but was getting distracted by Nia, who was jawing at her on the outside, 
and finally gets so distracted that Liv Morgan rolls her up and gets the surprise one, two, three. <laughs> Making Shayna look like a complete and utter buffoon. Liv Morgan, surprise rolls up, Shayna Baszler, a yeah. trained combat sports which MMA fighter. Clear, Shayna was picking apart the joints of both women the entire match. Okay, fine. She did look like she was a you know deadly mixed martial arts combatant for most of this. She just lost her train of thought and lost her focus. Okay, I get that. But it doesn't make Liv or Ruby look good because they only beat her because of a distraction. They didn't beat her straight up. They didn't beat because they beat her because they teamed up and figured out how to work together and beat her down. They, they, it wasn't nothing to do with the Riot Squad being good. It was Shayna being dumb. And then we have Nia Jax get her turn. And she's kind of, it's the same thing. She's lumbering around. The Riot Squad's trying to take her down. But Nia's holding her own. A little distracted by Shayna, but not too much. But we don't even have a finish to that match. It looks like Nia's going to get knocked out. But she kicks out at the last second as the lights go down. And we get a promo from Retribution. So we don't even have a finish to this whole thing. So if, what, Nick, what was the point? If, if you had told, if you had swapped Shayna and Nia and Nia was in the ring and Shayna was jaw jacking at her and Nia was the one that got rolled up, all, all, all things aside, yeah, I, that's believable. I don't believe what? for one second that Shayna Baszler could get rolled up by Lil Oh, all things aside, all, all, of your, all of your Nia hatred aside, you wanted to see Nia get pinned like an idiot. Damn right. You did, you you're going to yeah. tell me you're, you're going to have her. You're going to have her come out looking better in this than Shayna freaking Baszler. Oh. Nick, take a second. Your bias is showing. When is it not? That's true. <laughs> either, but either way, though, my point is, is it makes your if you have Nia get pinned, you have Shayna get pinned. Either way, it makes your tag team champions look like buffoons, easily distracted buffoons, and it doesn't make the Riot Squad look any better because they didn't do it straight up. Nope. They couldn't, they, like, they couldn't do it straight up. So you're making the Riot Squad not look like legitimate contenders when they can't take out one of them by themselves. And you're making your tag champs look like idiots because they can't keep their eye on the ball. So it was just, it was just bad. That's just bad logic, bad booking all around. Both sides. But yeah. let's talk about Retribution. Because this is, the, this is the first time we heard a speech from Retribution, all five of them standing together in the darkness with their, with their voices kind of... They had, they had kind of like the Bane right. voice, but they were da, 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 da. Well, you had you had you had Perhaps the girls. Perhaps he was wondering why he would shoot a man before throwing him out of an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> you fight like a younger man, Batman. <laughs> um, there's nothing. The Bane voice is so bad. I, I'm never forgiving Christopher Nolan for that. Anyway, <sighs> uh, let me read to you the speech because it was very, how shall we say, verbose, philosophical, very very. very Theatrical. Yes. Is that a tease? The Thunderdome is just a facade. <laughs> Behind this mountain of screens is the same base, the same WWE as before. The same giant who discarded and disowned us, leaving us to survive in an unjust world where the powerful continue to grow, while they let us feed on nothing but the leftovers of contempt. But contempt is a powerful motivator. We are driven to destroy, to lay waste to every superstar and every fan. Blinded, you can't see what you don't have. So the lobster of contempt will feed on you all. 
You said lobster? Darkness will seep into the pores of every superstar in the entire so-called universe. We are the remuneration. Okay. Did you say the lo- I thought they said the locusts of contempt. Locusts of contempt. You said lobster. It's the lobster. It says lobster here. <laughs> I, I was very confused as I was reading that. I did not read that speech before I did that. Uh, that was fantastic, Look, brother. It's very, very well done, done Tom. Yeah. The locusts of contempt is much better than the lobster of contempt. Yeah, storm storm waves is throwing up the friggin' Nick booking symbols. That's exactly the kind of shit I would write. <laughs> Nia Jack's face, the lobster, lobster of contempt. <laughs> it's the angriest for the lobster seafood ever. championship, right? At Red you Lobster, boil me, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> bravo! By the way, bravo! I, I'm throwing, I'm throwing uh, uh, grape leaves at you and olive branches. <laughs> anyway, okay, so retribution coming out here. Throwing out a re- reused uh, Rounder Rossi speech, uh, <laughs> calling themselves the lobsters of contempt. I mean, the locusts of contempt. They're going to be the lobsters of contempt. Yeah, forever. the lobsters of contempt forevermore. <laughs> they're, they're, it's, that's it. <laughs> Retribution shall henceforth be known as the lobsters, the lobsters of contempt. Of contempt. Oh, beware the claws. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. Oh, oh good. <laughs> Because I didn't do no, a lot the, of that last night. The best part is that we can turn them face really easy. You just have to butter them up a little bit. Oh. But uh, so the retribution comes out and they finally give a uh, some sort of speech, some sort of idea of what they are, who they are, what they want. They've been pissed on by WWE, so now they're pissed off. Um, the two people who spoke, I believe, were Mia Yim and Dijak. It's just my guess based on their speech patterns. Couldn't tell because the voice was all warped. Um, what did you think of this particular, this now retribution? Like what do you think of retribution after this? I I hated it. Oh, Oh Jesus. I hated every, every, you just hate everything today. Uh, no, I, I wanted, Hey, (laughs) these sons of bitches came out with chainsaws and were dragging, cutting ring ropes and were dragging girls around in the, behind the barricades. Like, I was like, Oh shit. This is that like, there's some chaos going on. Now it's now they're reading Shakespearean (laughs) soliloquies, uh, in a, in a huddle. Like they're doing an episode. Uh, Listen, I hated every bit of this and I, and I, I am not ashamed to say it. I don't want to take anything away from the wrestlers. This was some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard in wrestling. Honestly, and and for someone that's supposed to be this menacing group uh, that came, that they have presented themselves as, like I what, what? Yeah, I just no, just no. See, I didn't. No, no. I didn't mind this because it it did actually give them like everything that they did. Okay, you guys are mad at WWE for slighting you. And you're going to take revenge on WWE and anyone associated with WWE. Okay. If they, all they need to do now is just give me WWE saying, we've come to an agreement with Retribution. They won't mess up our shows and we'll give them the opportunity to come in and wreak havoc on people. Like, I'm curious how they build the storyline going forward because right now it's still like Retribution is hacking into things, right? Like they're, they're, they're interrupting the show. At a certain point, 
that's going to fall away, and they're just going to be members of rosters. If hackling and is, is jostling light that. switches, then yeah. <laughs> right over the back there. Kyle threw 100 bits in and said, Sincerely hope they salvage retribution for the sake of my man, Jack. I agree. And Mia Yim. Mm. Yeah. Although going to be weird given their connection to Keith. And that's, yes. I think that might be one of the strongest things they have going for them if they tie that together. And if it's something where they say, oh my God, it's Dijak and Mia Yim, what will Keith Lee think or something like that? I mean, they, they won't because that would mean they'd have to acknowledge, you know, canon from NXT, which they never seem to do. But that would be a really good way to start it off. And then immediately we're into Dijak Keith Lee again. Which the main, you know, the people who watch Raw and SmackDown haven't seen yet. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be mad at that at nope. all. I'm okay with a 3.0, whatever many times we're, it is. We're complaining <laughs> about Raw being redundant and things we see over and over and over again. But yet we've seen a million and one Keith Lee versus Dijak matches and I'm still not sick of it. They're, nope. they're a fight forever. That's a fight forever one. That's yep. like, uh, like uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I just don't get sick of it. Okay, so... Retribution had the speech fine. Dijak seems to be the leader. Hoping that means Vince. Hoping that means Vince likes him mm. and will actually do something with him. But we will have to see. I, just, I felt it was a step in the right direction. Nick, you feel no, not so much. Not so much. Okay. I, I would have. I would. I want to see the menacing group that just comes out and breaks stuff. Mm. If it's if it, if this is the if this is the way they're, you know when that. Um, what is it? Uh, we used to give Alistair Black shit about this early in well, when he f- was first starting to talk. Because Alistair Black would never talk. He would come out, kill people, and leave. Yes. And then there was that when he first started feuding with Velveteen Dream, who we were like, oh, no, no, don't, no, just don't talk oh, anymore. T- <laughs> when he first started speaking. Right. And he, before he'd gotten his wrestler voice. Right. right. So that's how I felt now, about Retribution Alistair Black last always night. talks like this. And, but when he first started doing it, it was like, hi, I'm Alistair Black, and I'm here to talk to you about black metal. And we're like, whoa, no. Just stop talking. You, you, <laughs> that's how I felt last night with Retribution. You sound like a 15-year-old playing Call of Duty on the weekend. What, what the hell is this? Oh, my God. Um, right. So, all right. We'll see where Retribution goes. Yeah. Uh, Good luck. But speaking of <laughs> Alistair Black, yeah. Alistair Black was also on the show, but not if you watch the Hulu version, because they cut the entirety of Raw Underground out of the Hulu version. We cut the part where Kevin Owens comes up and meets uh, Shane McMahon outside the door with Big Man standing behind him, and Kevin Owens says, hey, thanks for letting me into Raw Underground. You're still a jackass, by the way, Shane. And they, they called back to their old feud, which was, I liked that. That was nice. That was nice. Um, and then Kevin Owens goes in there where Aleister Black is finishing up, dudes. And we have Kevin Owens versus Aleister Black and Raw Underground. We didn't see that if you watched Hulu. They went for three segments. Like, they, they, they brawled in the ring until they fell out of the ring. And then Shane just looks at the camera and goes, we'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back on Raw Underground. The Underground Fight Club where we just pause matches to have commercials and other matches in the main, uh, from the main roster go on in between these two guys fighting for their lives. In, a, in an underground fighting ring. <laughs> and then, of all things, uh, uh, Shane McMahon starts making up rules again. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. so, so they figure out, they somehow get outside the ring and, oh, no, 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 no. You, you can't do that if it's yeah, he's the outside the ring. Yeah, they're fighting other guys outside the ring. Like The stage's like, oh, right, stop, 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 stop. We'll get back in the ring and then we'll restart the match. We'll be back in a second on Raw Underground. What is this, a Saturday morning cartoon? It's a pit fight. <laughs> what are you doing? Shut the hell up, Shane. What? <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm yelling a lot tonight, guys. But I'm will, will pissed the off. Kids, will the kids be able to figure out the mystery of the haunted mansion? Tune in after this commercial break. Hey, kids, buy this breakfast cereal. What? The, yeah, and then we come back, and they're still fighting, and then they fall out of the ring again onto Dabakato. Who what's, gets pissed, what's he doing jump, there? He's well, he's he's Goro. He's always there, right? He's come on. He lives there. He's like the uncrowned champion of, of Raw Underground. You know what I'm so saying? he climbs into the right. ring. He 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 crushes. He slams Kevin Owens. He choke slams Alistair Black. Stands tall, and that's the end of the segment. Kevin Owens, and Alistair Black try to beat each other up, and then they get beat up, and that's it. That's your story. What? The only person who got over was Davicato. <laughs> what is going on? You know what I realized today? What are you doing? What you, did you realize? This is not for me. This, what is this is not for us. In NXT and like AEW and like that's for us. This sure, this, we, we this said is, this before. Right, this, yeah. this is for this is for the younger demographic. And, and fine. It, it's it's and easy for me to sit here and get really mad about this <laughs> and really wrestling as you guys have seen for sure. the last hour. Sure. But but uh, the 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 epiphany that I had literally last night, I walked away from Raw. I watched the first hour, and I was so flipping mad at the first hour, I had to go do something else. We were talking about it in Discord. Like I just, there's 27 other things I want to do right now than watch what what wow. is going on here. Wow. So I, I got up and walked away. Went back to it later last night. Finished it up. Watched a couple of the coverages from uh, the inter- interwebs, the the YouTubers, and everything. And it's what I the epiphany that I had was that this is not for me. They're not making this wow. for 43-year-old Nick. Oh, They're making this for 10 to 19-year-old little Billy. Or little Jimmy, if you're our truth. May I correct you? Yes. They're making this for what an eccentric 75-year-old billionaire thinks 10-year-old little Billy wants. Totally fair. Okay. And he couldn't be more wrong. And the problem here is that also he's got a creative process where he didn't even look at the raw script until Monday morning. And then spent all day trying to figure out what they were going to do in the show, which is why we saw so much tire spinning and circling the airport and redundancy. But the problem here, Nick, is that we've talked about that on the show before. We've said Raw and SmackDown are for, they're trying to hit a different demographic. Yeah. Right? They're trying to be light, fun entertainment, big showy, pop, pop, lasers and fireworks and colorful clothes and big characters. And that's fine. I can wrap my head around that kind of storytelling. And I oftentimes on the show, I will actually say, like, it didn't work for me, but I understand who it would work for. My problem is, is that when you're trying to go for that demographic, but you're still not telling stories that are compelling and you're, and you're undermining characters for people who want to see these characters be cool – when you're making them not be cool, when you're making them look weak, when you're making them look redundant, when you're boring them with them, that's a problem no matter what demographic it is, no matter who you're going for, right? Do you think it's because he thinks people tune in one time and that they have to understand the entirety of what's going on in the show within the confines of that three-hour show? Is he writing a show week to week? There's, I think some points, yeah. I think there's an element of that. That's why they have so many video packages. I, I, I didn't time the amount of video packages and callbacks and, and, and let's explain this. 
They spent Story 20 line. minutes recapping Keith Lee and Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. That's, that's what I'm saying is like they build every show as though no one's seen it before. But the problem is, is people want to see progression. They want to see things move along and, and happen. And while, yes, things did happen on this show, you could still argue in a larger picture, very few storylines progressed. And that's a problem no matter what age you are and no matter who you are when you're watching a show. So the whole, like, this is not for us excuse doesn't work for me, brother, on this show, on this particular episode of Raw. You know, there's been episodes where I'm like, yeah, that, 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 you know, that skit wasn't for me. And I'm cool with that. For instance, the next skit I want to talk about in the next segment, Rey Mysterio and his family uh, are at ringside for Dominic having a street fight with Murphy another retread of a feud that we've seen for months. But this time, Murphy, to try to get back in Seth's good graces, gets up on the monitor while Ray and his family are in the ring congratulating Dominic again, talking about how Seth's a bum again. Murphy says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to face you tonight and it's going to be a street fight and I'm going to punish you in front of your family. Uh, so make sure they're not at ringside. But of course, the, the Mysterio family is like, we're going to be at ringside. And they brought kendo sticks. And so they're all waiting outside the ring with kendo sticks. I don't know what point Murphy was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. This is fine. Did you also notice Ray wa- Ray's wife was wearing chanks, chancletas? Oh, yeah. Didn't use them, though. Didn't need to. She had oh, the, that's, she I was had so the... excited in, in Discord. I was like, oh, my God. She actually well, wore flip-flops at one in point, a street uh, fight. <laughs> at one point, Murphy had uh, Dominic tied up in the ropes. Looked like he was going to beat him again the way that he and Seth did before. But Ray got Dominic out, and Dominic did an absolutely monstrous sliding sunset flip powerbomb onto the outside onto Murphy, put him through a table. Awesome. Awesome move. Gets Murphy back in, ties him up in the ropes, and then the entire Mysterio family beats Murphy until he gives a verbal tap out tied up in the ropes. Entire family. Ray, Dominic, little daughter, wife, they're all in there beating him up. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I kind of wish that the wife had taken off the sandals and just started, like, whapping Murphy in the head with them instead of the <laughs> kendo stick. But the kendo stick was funny, too. But this segment was not for me, Nick, because it's gone on too long. Yeah. It doesn't get Murphy over. It's, it's fun. It's fun to watch the Mysterio family beat him up, like, cool. But now what? Yeah. Okay. What, what I will take away from this, and it was my mop... I think on one of the shows within the last week or so, how buttery smooth Dominic Mysterio is. Yeah. I, I do not want anybody to take anything we say about this segment. Take, don't take anything away from Dominic. That dude has shown up and holy smoke. Some of the, the spot off the LED boards. Uh, oh, and oh, yeah. The, the tra- cross body off the LED boards outside. And, and again, Dominic has been really blessed with having some good dance partners. Murphy is wildly underrated yeah. and underutilized by WWE. Thank God he's in this feud at all. Um, and he was a great guy to be working with, with Dominic here. But yeah, Dominic's phenomenal in the ring. Can't cut a promo to save his life. And the, well, he the, hadn't, he has, they hadn't dropped yet. He hadn't the theatrics between the Murphy family, between Murphy and the family in the ring was just, I mean, I've seen high school plays yeah. that look like Shakespeare compared to that. Right. But Hey, okay, fine. It's wrestling. <laughs> We're not here for Shakespeare. Um, yeah, I want uh, you can come down to the ring, and my family will be there, and I'm gonna beat your ass. Okay. Bottom line, though, 
this was a segment that I know a lot of people liked because it was really funny to see the whole family beating up Murphy. But it didn't. It's like uh, now what? It, you asked now me already. What? Now what? Now what? Do now we do? what? This are are we reset? Are we back to zero? Forever. Yeah. It's been we, okay. End it. Have mm-hmm. Seth and Murphy move on and lick their wounds. Have the Mysterios pivot and find somebody else to face. I don't even remember when it started. That's how long ago it's been. It's been most of the year. Yeah, it has. Because it started with most, Kevin it, it, and Seth. When and Seth it melded turned. into like Ray just kind of melded into Kevin and Seth, and it just kept going. And going and going. It's the Energizer feud. This all started with Kevin opening a van in AOP and Seth Rollins beating the shit out of him. That was, I think, Royal Rumble time frame. Whenever yep. Seth turned. It's still one more, one more small bitchy thing before we move on. And again, I know we're nitpicking a lot. And everybody, this is one of those shows. It's just one of those shows today. Last we're, night we're was just... rough. <laughs> Listen. I'm trying to find when, good when stuff. When the show's but, good, man, we put it over. I, I enjoy Last week, SmackDown. Match. Last week's Last SmackDown week's was amazing. Smackdown. It's great. Yeah. This and then this this Raw goes home on probably the worst kind of editing farts I've ever seen from the truck, where they're beating up Murphy and the camera is zooming all over the place and it's cutting every half a second and oh my god I don't know if Kevin Dunn was in the truck doing the directing or not whoever it was hurt them somebody hurt them hurt their family make them stop whatever it takes Monday Samoa Night Joe, Raw directed go to their by house. Uh, Paul Greengrass apparently. Paul Greengrass was getting sick from this. <laughs> Paul Greengrass was somewhere going, ah, oh, it's too much for me, mate. <laughs> Costanza with 100 bits said, this pisses me off. This is badass Aleister Black, and you're making him look like a fool. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, I, I, he looked bad. Him and Kevin looked badass rumbling, but. <laughs> we but can do a whole hour show. on what they did to Aleister, what they've uh, done to Aleister Black. I also tuned into his and Zelina's Twitch stream the other night, and he was wearing sunglasses. Yeah, and but he took, went, the, he took the he took the um, the eye patch off first he's, thing. He's keeping it kayfabe even on his Twitch stream. I like that. Well, he was. Now he doesn't have to because he took off the he took off the eye patch. Oh. So hopefully they're they're just like they're they're Rowan spidering that thing where it's like pretend it never happened. Yeah, forget it. It's a dumb idea. Uh, also, Kyle threw hundred bits in said WWE would like to wish Murphy the best in his future endeavors <laughs> because after that Murphy's push isn't coming. Side note: Is it just me? But does Aaliyah based uh, does Aaliyah, based on look alone, look like a bigger star than Dominic? No, yeah. potentially. Uh, it would be amazing if we had like a brother sister tandem uh, in, I, in the WWE across divisions. That would be a Dominic cool thing. Dominic is one of those dudes. He's got the baby face. He's he's still got a little bit of that the pudgy body. That guy starts working out a lot more and gets a few more years on him. He'll be fine. Yep, he'll be fine. He's got, he, he he's needs, got he the move. To, he's got the, the raw he's talent. in the ring. He's Good got the Guerrero Lord. DNA. Yeah. <laughs> Take him away. Put him in NXT for a year or so. Put a mask on him. Bring him back. So we don't know it's him. No one's going to say a damn thing about how he looks. Yep. Exactly. Guy's, guy's, gonna, guy's really good. He's proven a lot for me. Yep. Sure. Um, okay. The women's division. Let's talk about that here because Asuka and Mickey James are having a feud, but they were forced to tag this week against Lana and Natalia. Why, why were they forced to tag? Because next week they're having a title match. But, next week's going to be a big show. But what? Uh, I don't know. Don't know what they're why, doing. why does that have to do anything to do with them tag teaming? Is there like a is there a big sports game next Monday? I just realized that. I put two and two together. They're building a really huge raw next week. Uh, is it the? It might be the debut of Monday Night Football. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's Monday Night Football. No wonder they're building a big show. There uh, we go. Sorry to hear about Marcus Mariota already. By the way. Raiders. 
Well, we got Derek still now. You shut your hole. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Don't don't you imply that. Opening weekend, Panthers Raiders. Let's go. How'd Cam Newton work out for you? Get yeah, out of uh, here. He he got us to a Super Bowl, and he won yeah. an MVP. How'd that work? It's lot, hell of a lot. At least we had winning seasons and multiple back-to-back division championships. When was the last time the Raiders could say they did anything close to that? 2001. Right. We did pretty. <laughs> we got an eight-eight season in there at one point. Anyway, yeah. Oscar and Mickey James. Had to tag up to face Lana and Natalia. Moving on from Raiders talk. Moving on. Uh, and this was actually, I, th- I thought this was a cute bit of business, largely because it was Asuka and Mickey kind of having a bit of tension and Lana and Natalia desperately trying to beat them and just not being able to. But Lana got her shit in. Lana got some, st- some time in the ring. She got some work in. Uh, Asuka and Mickey both looked great. They looked great together. I liked the the tension between them. And after the match, I loved Asuka just kind of grabbing her title and be like, what? I'm still the champ. Um, after stealing a, stealing the victory, Mickey James was going to do a, a big splash and Asuka tagged in and stole it. So I liked this. I liked it was chippy. I liked that uh, I like Asuka and Mickey James. My issue is it doesn't feel like a big feud for Asuka because WWE hasn't done a good job of making Mickey James feel like a big deal which she should be. Mickey James should be a big deal. She's a freaking legend. She's a six-time women's champion. She's going to be an all-fame. should be a big deal. Lana shouldn't be a big deal, but she should get more credit than she does. I agree. But Natalia doesn't feel like a big deal because of all the horrible feuds over over all the years. Mickey James has never gotten respect from the WWE, Mm. even with all her championships. That's it, mostly, well, she got most of her championships, sure, but she was mostly overshadowed by Lita and Trish and, you know. The just, entire Divas division. The entire was, Divas division. Well, the Divas era. Yeah. She's a Divas champ. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's ne- I, I will stand on this. She never got proper respect, and she still doesn't. And that's why she doesn't feel like a big opponent for Asuka. But she could be a great opponent for Asuka. She's dynamic. She's good in the ring. She works at a fast pace like Asuka does. This could be a really awesome match. I think it's going to sneak up on a lot of people. Yeah. I hope that next week the match is not definitive and that it moves on and we have a real match that we're building towards a clash of champions. Okay. That's what I hope with, with most of the things next week. Would not be mad at that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, make her feel like a bigger deal and then you'll have more of my attention. I'm, 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 I'm skeptically optimistic right now. Uh, fingers crossed they can turn this into something because Oscar Mickey James is a program I do want to see. They just have to give some more love to Mickey. Yeah. I also want to point out it's something kind of cool here. This match was all women over 35. Wow. That's pretty cool. Fun fact. Yeah. Huh. So, pretty cool. Interesting. And, but, and I agree uh, with you, Lana, mostly because she was Rusev's ravishing Russian uh, valet mostly because she was in that terrible angle with Bobby Lashley this year. Oh, let's not speak of it. Listen, uh, not of it. give Lana a chance. The last couple of weeks, she's actually looked really decent in the yeah. ring. I'm, 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 hoping, I'm hoping that it is, that does stay with Mickey. We've seen a lot worse we don't in the have, division. We don't have Oscar, Natalia again or whatever. Like Just have that go away. Yeah. yeah. Stick with Mickey. Yeah. Stick with the Mick. Fingers crossed. I, I don't even want to think about the alternate possibilities yeah so a couple more things on raw uh i wish i could say that i like them too but <laughs> we gotta kind of bitch about more things peyton royce had her inaugural match uh, as a as a singles competitor against billy Kay. 
who also had her inaugural match as a singles competitor against Peyton Royce. I'm so mad about this. And Peyton Royce essentially squashed Billy Kay, and Michael Cole couldn't be bothered to even call her finishing move what it was. And it's a it's a corkscrew neckbreaker. Neckbreaker, Michael. Uh, you called enough times with gold dust. The curtain call, remember? Mm. Can't call it deja vu for Peyton. No, okay. Just checking. Peyton beats Billy Kay in no time and gives her a hug after the match. Wait, cool. We we just we just broke them up last week and they're they're hugging now. Yeah, yeah. She threw her to the wolves last week and now they're hugging. Here's why I'm mad. This okay. was such a wasted opportunity. These two, what, would you, what do you think? These two are magic together. Their chemistry, they've been together since high school, legit. Their chemistry is off the charts. You could have spent months, months building something. They've been doing nothing the entire year. You could have spent weeks or months building a program where these two split that would have been ten times as good and cool as Sasha and Bailey turned out to be. Yeah, you could have built something out of this, and what do we do? We broke them up last week in some bullshit stipulation, and <laughs> this week we had them face each other because reasons, and then hug it out afterwards. And I now think, we're just done. I, I think so. What, from what I understand, Vince is high on Peyton, hence the win here, dominant look. Um, also, from what I understand, Billy Kay is going back to her femme fatale gimmick. She came out with that on the on the Tron this week. She just hasn't really kind of gotten deep into the costuming and everything else. Like she's gonna. This was sort of sort of the 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 ending, the official ending of the iconics. Um, and then next they're gonna go and you really split. They've got their new themes and everything. And um, Vince is very high on Peyton, and I wouldn't be surprised if she was next in line for Oscar to face Oscar, build her up over the next mm. month, and then she's gonna get Oscar. Uh, after Clash of Champions. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Tickling all my old NXT women's division vibes. So, <laughs> right. So that's, on that front, fine. I agree with you. This was rushed. I agree the match could have been better. It was It was not a good match. It was a little awkward. But, and, it, and, and the breakup of the Iconics was was very inelegant. Yeah. That being said, I'm, I'm curious what happens next. You have two more, quote unquote, fresh, female talents out there in the women's roster. Let's see what they have in mind. Uh, I fear for Billy Kay, though, after this match. Yeah, me too. I very much fear for her. She, the, the Iconics was the, the, the thing that was holding on to her. Yeah, she's not a, she's not a blonde. She's screwed. Uh, finally, R-Truth was having dinner with someone invisible in his chair, and out came the food on a tray, and he lifted up the it was cover Jimmy. underneath. It was little Jimmy was there. Oh, right, having little dinner Jimmy. With him. Yeah. Right, right, of course. Very little Jimmy. Uh, Ninja underneath the uh, underneath the tray, the the cover, the dome, dome. Just stand there, stand there. Useless Ninja. He just sat there and looked around. More ninjas poured in. Tazawa was at the door. Our Truth runs off with the uh, with the belt and takes the tray of food with the Ninja in it with him. This was Nick. I I'm last week we were talking about how much we love how fun the twenty four seven segments can be. This crossed the line from fun to straight up Dadaism. This was bizarre. <laughs> this was nearly incomprehensible. This was like uh, this was a fever dream of a skit. Yeah, where it was amusing in moments, but then at the same time, it was so incomprehensibly weird. It's Tom and Jerry. I don't even know. If, Tom and Jerry at least has some sort of logical sense. This like like it, if Chuck Jones did like two tabs of blotter acid, I might get something like this from Tom and Jerry, maybe. This was madness. 
I, I don't I don't I'm not mad at it. It was just weird. <laughs> All it needed was like the uh, either the 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 sound effects or you know like the what are the sound effects from the, Metal Gear? Put the put the Benny Ring? Hill music you know. on it. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls up the right pulls up the cover of the train. Ring. Ring. <laughs> the music picks up pace. You know just. <laughs> Just, you might have me with that. I, that that would have I would have popped for that. Like if they, but that was yeah. It's it's what we've been saying about the twenty four seven title the whole time. It's going to be freaking stupid, and it's just going to come across as dumb twelve year old humor if you don't dial it up to eleven. If you don't well, make it nuts, and they're just not they're they're at like a six point five. They're not even close to make to going full nuts on it and being but if creative you're looking with at a, it. If you're looking at a vertical scale of one to eleven, there, Nick, this was somewhere way off to the left. Like this created this created right. a two-dimensional graph. This wasn't a single line. This, this was, was way an off alternative the universe. Side. Alternate yeah, universe. Yeah, this this was like a six point five somewhere in the dimension X. <laughs> so, but it was weird. It was fun. Okay, fine. That was Monday Night Raw. Nick, we had some criticisms of this Raw. I think we're a little little more bitchy than we normally are. Sorry about that, um, guys. Yeah. <laughs> But you needed, we needed to we needed to get it out. But do you think they're going to head in the right direction? Can they right the ship? Or there are reports out there that people behind the scenes are saying that the creative for Raw has been in disarray since Paul Heyman left. Now that Sports Kita said it, but Ringside Ringside News first broke the story. So take it with a grain of salt. But Sports Kita did confirm it, and then it got reported Based in other on places. What? Uh, apparently, some sources backstage saying it feels like Raw Creative has been really in tatters ever since Paul left. He was holding things together. So, d- does is, it is that feel to say that, that Vince never tore up a Raw script while Paul was in charge? Sure, right. But it, it doesn't. It, I have to say, it doesn't feel as cohesive. Is Bruce it out the door feel, next month too? It and feels then more what? directional. You Bruce know? is spending more time with SmackDown, and and there's more people working on SmackDown right now than Raw. Apparently, there's more cohesive, there's certainly more cohesive storylines, and I think that even not even looking at the rumors, that's absolutely true. Raw is in tatters right now in terms of creative, in terms of their direction. They're mostly directionless, and some of their feuds have ended. Some of them should end. Some of them are it's becoming you know tired, have become tired, long since. Um, and except for the, the number one title picture, and even that's getting redundant and, and weird. Yeah. So, I yeah, I, I've, I've got my fingers crossed for Raw next week because they get a lot of big matches. That, as we said, I think they're facing off with Monday Night Football. So, man, they've really, I mean, they're worried about their ratings this week. Not a good product to put out there if you're trying to increase your ratings. We don't have the ratings yet, unfortunately, because they're not going to come out till tomorrow because of the long weekend. But I am curious to see if this Raw was a big dip after last week. Yeah. So we'll there see. you go. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, we're going to bring back an old friend. If you've been a longtime listener of the show, Uh-oh. you might recognize this as the other news lightning round. Beep, beep, oh beep, 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 But we're bringing it with a twist I've... because I'm putting a time limit on Surrey and Dangerson to make oh, this God. more fun. Really a lightning round. We're going to have it's some music. Oh, so God. here we go, Ian. Okay. The other news lightning round. You got it. Take oh. off. Oh. All right. Well, uh, rest in peace, Ralphus. Uh, remember, Ralphus, he was the sidekick for Jericho back in WCW. Apparently, Jericho did reveal on a Saturday night special podcast that he passed away last year. Jericho didn't know because he tried to get in contact with Ralphus to be on his podcast, and Ralphus big leagued him, didn't call him back. So, But rest in peace, Ralphus. Apparently, he did pass away last year. Uh, according to a speaking of Jericho and, and dumb things, 
According to a reliable paper published by IZA, which is the Institute of Labor and Economics, which is a nonpartisan German econo- economy study group, uh, Sturgis, the big motorcycle rally where Jericho and Fozzie played, was responsible, has been responsible for upwards of 250,000 COVID cases. It was a super spreader. Wow. One of the biggest super spreaders they've ever seen. And the costs associated with that could reach up to $12 billion in related costs. Uh, they said, and I quote, the Sturgis motorcycle rally represents a situation where many of the, quote, worst case scenarios for super spreading occurred simultaneously. The event was prolonged, included individuals packed closer together, involved a large out-of-town population, and had low compliance with the recommended infection countermeasures such as the use of masks. Again, this is a legitimate study, nonpartisan, saying Sturgis was a mess. It's not the seven cases that were initially reported. It's a lot more. So, Jericho, put that in your pipe and smoke, and next time you want to laugh about how little it mattered. 250,000 cases? Yes, there was 450,000 people there, and they all went home. They tracked this by using their cell phone ping data to find out where they went and looked at increases in data from those areas based on those results. You can go look up the—it's the, it, being propagated all over the Internet right now. You can go look up this 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 paper. Um, it's, it's pretty nuts. And even if they are being— uh, you know, if they're giving like our the highest numbers, that's still big. Even if you take half of that, it's still big. So no bueno. Jesus. Jimmy Jimmy Jacobs on the Two Man Power Trip podcast said Vince rules through fear. Talking about the times when he was working there as a writer at WWE, he said when I first came to the company, I wasn't scared of Vince. I was thinking, why is everyone scared of Vince? After being there for two months, I was like, oh, yep, I get it. I learned quickly you were always one weird interaction with Vince from either getting fired or being in the doghouse. If you care about your job, you start to toe the line. Um, Your one weird interaction from going, oh, God, if Vince going, oh, God, this guy doesn't know anything, or can you believe he wore a pink tie today? Jimmy actually mentioned the time he wore a pink tie to a meeting because it was Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and Vince thought he was trying to get himself over and got mad at him. That's how it is. He's a fickle, odd, eccentric billionaire. It's his sandbox, and he's letting you play in it, and you learn that. I liked working for WWE. I didn't like working for Vince. He also said that he called Jimmy the Nakamura of the writing team because he thinks that he's some sort of weirdo, which tells you a lot about what Vince thinks of Nakamura and explains everything about Nakamura's career on the main roster in WWE. I'm going to flip a table after this. Marty Jannetty. Oh, Marty no. Jannetty. <laughs> I knew if I said that name that Nick would Nick would do that. He says his murder confession on Facebook recently. Yes, you heard that right. His murder confession on Facebook recently where he said that he killed a man who once hit on him uh, to try to exchange sex for weed. Uh, he said it was part of a wrestling angle and another long <laughs> rambling... <laughs> In another, in another long, rambling Facebook post, he said, Come on, I fooled you all. Ha, ha, ha. I probably should have told the police about this being an angle before I said all that, but it was just an angle. Now, that being said, half of it was true. The guy did fill me up in a car for weed, but I just didn't kill him and throw him in the Chattahoochee afterwards. I'm going to go jump walk in the Chattahoochee walk, River walk myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> He also posted another thing about how he didn't understand BLM, but I'm not even going to get into that right now. Oh, no, Marty came down the wrong side of that as well. Marty, shut up. (laughs) Stop posting on Facebook. Just shh. Please seek legal counsel. Oh, my God. Get some help. Tessa Blanchard is back. 
She will face Kylie Ray for the Warrior Women's Championship this Saturday, the 12th, in Chicago. Tessa has not wrestled, of course, since March 15th. Uh, Impact released her during the time between then and now. She was the champion. She is no longer. They stripped her because she went down to Mexico, didn't want to come back and defend it. And while she was in Mexico, she married her fiancé, Daga. So Tessa Blanchard is going to be wrestling again. Looks like she's finally back as of this weekend. Uh, as I mentioned at the very, very top of the show, Rebby Hardy, not terribly happy with Tony Khan and AEW. She's been on, on Twitter, as Rebby Hardy is wont to do, stirring up shit. Uh, she's actually liked posts that call out Tony Khan for using his daddy's money and running the company poorly. Uh, she has posted gifts implying that she doesn't believe that Matt Hardy does not have a concussion. She's implying that Tony Khan is lying about Matt Hardy not having uh, being cleared in the hospital saying Matt Hardy did not have a concussion. Uh, she's in particular pointing out that they're not allowing Matt Hardy to fly right now. And when he does go home, he's going to be driving home and he's sticking around for longer down there in Florida. I did see she called out Sean Ross Sapp on Twitter because he said, I'm hearing that Matt is doing well. And she quote tweeted it and said, funny because you haven't talked to either me or Matt. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, she's on a war path. Woo! war path right now. Um, So we'll see how that works out considering that Matt is still a freaking employee of AEW and probably was in their good graces, but good Lord, who knows? Lord uh, Lord knows Rebby has never been shy uh, about backing up her husband, even when he may not need her to. Uh, Renee Young, a.k.a. Renee Paquette, has revealed uh, to Richard Deitch from Sports Media that her no-compete clause she has after WWE, if she left WWE, is about a year long. She said it was longer than 90 days. We knew it was longer than 90 days. It's near a year. We're not going to see her for a year anywhere else. Good Lord. Well, that explains everything. Oh, my God. I have so much I want to say about that. Oh, okay. No, no. Well, not during the lightning round. We can. Round. It's a lightning round. Oh, yeah. The lightning round. i got the flight of the bumblebee playing, I think. <laughs> uh, and finally, remember the Yang gang? Former, uh, former presidential wannabe Andrew Yang is coming for Vince McMahon. As you may recall, Vince McMahon did say that no wrestlers in his company could use third-party clients with their wrestling names. That's all been clarified. Apparently, they can use it with their own names, but they can't use their character names, and that the company was just clarifying all of that for wrestlers. But that still stroked Andrew Yang the wrong way, to the point where he actually threatened Vince by saying, if I get in the government, I'm pro- even if I don't become labor secretary, I'm going to have their number, and I'm going to call them and tell them about your illegal practices where you consider your employees independent contractors, but treat them like employees. He also said, and I quote, Vince, you'd better hope your old friend Donald wins because change is in the air and changes are long overdue where your corrupt labor practices are concerned. It would give me great pleasure the people know. Damn. I mean, Andrew Yang, he's admitted he's been a, he's an old school wrestling fan. He's loved wrestling for years. So I don't know if he's cutting a promo on Vince or if he's legit on this. But either way, I'm entertained. And also, if he does actually pull it off, it would be better for all the wrestlers. So I guess that's good, too. Has but. anybody asked the wrestlers if that's what they want? <laughs> some, say, some say yes, some say no. I mean, we have all these people out here deciding what's best for wrestlers. But, I mean, where are the wrestlers? Do they, are they just too scared they'll lose their contract? I guess a lot of them, according to Heath Slater. So, but Nick, that is the news. There's your other news lightning round. <sighs> All right, Flight of the Bumblebee can go away. We're done with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
That just that does something. It picks up the pace. It kicks your heart into gear. Like, oh my I god! Couldn't, I couldn't even hear it, and I just could feel it there. <laughs> like, well, we'll get that fixed so you can. Oh, oh, oh. I oh. hope you guys enjoyed that. We brought back the old haunt. Uh, we'll just we'll <laughs> we'll see if we can keep that up from now on. <laughs> oh, but we're not done yeah. just yet. We've still got to head over and do what we like to call mm. our moment of positivity. That's right. It's the moment of positivity. The moment where we take all of that negative crap and throw it right out the window and we say, let's leave this show on a positive note. Let's leave it with happy feelings, get some warm fuzzies in our tummies and give them all back to you. Especially on this show today where we were doing a lot of bitching and complaining and and somewhat constructive criticism. We need to have a moment where we stop and reflect and think about something good that happened in the world of wrestling since the last show that we had. So, Nick, what was your moment of positivity for this week? It was it was tough this week, and, it, <laughs> and if we're if we're just looking at like what's happened, what's transpired Nick. since positivity, I know what's transpired since Saturday and all out and all of those things. Like, I, I'm going to do a repeat. I'm going to do a repeat. I am so proud and happy uh, of Dominic. He mm. looked fantastic in that match against Murphy. And yeah, a lot of credit goes to Murphy for being an amazing base to work with that Lucha style and Flyer style, even going all the way back to when he was working with Cedric. That that was amazing. So I I, I definitely want to I had I had the highest of highs and of hopes, and I was also very scared when Dominic was actually going to start getting in the ring. I was like, oh no. <laughs> don't suck. <laughs> Please don't mess this up. Right. right? Please Ooh. be. You've got Guerrero DNA and you you be can it, wrestle. Oh, stop. You were, Would you stop? You were doing a frog splash out of the womb, you know? So <laughs> that's a mental image. There you go, folks. There we'll close out on that one. But you know, mine I'm gonna do a repeat. Dominant. <laughs> Absolutely smooth as Would butter. Would that be the opposite of a suicide dive? Uh yeah, actually. You do actually, a dive. A, a birth suicide. dive? Bert, yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, okay. <laughs> Listen, Dominic uh, is has I mean un, has over delivered from my expectations of what I expected. Can he? Can we work on the mic stuff? Absolutely. But does that boy have a goddamn gift? Yes, he does. And I can't wait to see what he looks like three, four, five years from now uh, as a WWE superstar. I think he's going to be fantastic. Seriously, agreed. Oh, Agreed. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to his future. Cedric Alexander is mine. Okay. Turning uh, actually everything, honestly everything with the hurt business. Everything with the hurt business this week, uh, for me saved the show, because they they scattered out through the show, and every time they showed up with something, and 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 I was initially like, oh god, here we go again, another redundant, repetitive segment where we've got Apollo and Cedric and, and Ricochet coming out and her business is bullying Cedric. And about halfway through the match, I started thinking, man, maybe someone should turn. It'd be great if Ricochet would turn. Some, something happened. And then boom, it happened. I just went, oh, the, oh, yes, that's awesome. And then it continued through the show with the, with the little dynamic between Cedric and Shelton, with Shelton being suspicious of him. The, uh, the match later on, which I, besides the finish and the injury to Ivar, which obviously sucked, and I'm glad he's going to be recovered and he's fine. But, like, in, in the match, the way, that, uh, the match, the way that Cedric is now as a heel, the way his, the promo he cut with the Hurt Business before that, awesome. Awesome. 
I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm so happy for him actually getting a little bit of a push here, a little bit of something to do. Uh, it's been shown that MVP has been like uh, him and Lashley and Shelton. They're all old school dudes. They've been around for a while in WWE. Uh, you know, they were in WWE back in the day. They went right. out and did other things, came back, but still, they've been around for a minute. It is interesting. And they all have that in common too. Well, it was apparently it was it was MVP and Lashley put it together, hooked up, and then they were like, "Who else do we want? Who's old school like us?" And they they headhunted Shelton for it. And they're like, "We want Shelton in this group. We're going to do this thing. We're going to take Shelton with us." So that was on them. I don't know if they headhunted Cedric or not, but it's a perfect match. Mm. Get a young dude in there, and the three old dudes can pull him up with them. And, and Cedric completely deserves it. Very excited for that. Shelton so, and Cedric as a tag team. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Done. Mm. So Mm-mm-mm. that's a so good one. I'm, mine is absolutely Cedric Alexander finally getting some love, getting a nice heel turn, and already out of the gates looking like it's the best thing for him. Yeah. So that is and, my moment. Of and as Joker J says in the chat, the shirts are badass. Oh, they are absolutely awesome. the black with that shiny gold is fantastic. There's a picture out there of uh, MVP Shelton and Lashley backstage all wearing their shirts, and Cedric having put his shirt on for the first time with his back to us. And, you know, doing the RVD one thumb to the back and says, I'm in on the back. Nice. Good stuff. Oh, nom, 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 nom. Put it in my eye holes. There you go. Mm. And there you go, guys. That is the show for tonight. Again, apologies for being a little extra bitchy today. But if you watched, <laughs> if you sat through all three hours of that Raw last night, you probably were sympathetic to how Woo. we were feeling tonight for sure. It was a doozy. Uh, it was a doozy of a show. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. Special shout-out to everybody that joined us live here on Twitch. Thank you guys so much. Uh, keeping Seriously. the chat lively all night. Shout-out to Kyle and Chris and everybody that – Xander and everybody that threw bits in. Uh, Brad Shepard as well. Give you a little hat tip there. Got some subs, got some bits, had a good night. Thank you guys so much uh, for joining us here. Make sure you get into our Discord community. Uh, you can find the address by uh, doing exclamation Discord right here in the chat. It will give you a link, and you can get right in. Uh, you can also come find us over on Facebook in the discussion group and like our page over there. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. BWOPodcast.com for all of these links and more, as well as all of our episodes over there. And last but certainly not least, patrons. Thank you guys so much for all of your continued support every single month. Besides the subs and the bits and everything going on over here on Twitch, it is the best way to support the show and where you can get exclusives such as bonus episodes every single month, Skype calls with Nick and Surrey and Dangerous, uh, and with some new stuff that we're adding in the next couple of weeks probably regarding the audio podcast and things like that. But we'll keep you guys apprised of that whole situation as things uh, begin to transition uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, this I am going on a quick break this weekend. Sir Ian Dangerous is going to... We don't know all of the details yet, so we're going to keep that out, but I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. We'll be posting in the group and letting you guys know what is going on for Saturday's show this weekend as I will be out sitting on the beach with a martini. Must be nice. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break one of these days, Nick. <laughs> I'm going to take a break one of these days. I will. Uh, let me I know promise. when. Let me know when. Okay. We'll, we'll sit right. JB down and, you know, she, we, she and I can go live. <laughs> she, can do, and, she can do the show alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> leave it in her hands. There you go. <laughs> no, she's not going to do it alone. <laughs> she could. All right, guys. Let's get out of here. Everybody have a great night. Uh, we will see you guys later on in the group or in Discord for, especially, I got to go watch the NXT Super Tuesday 2 match from Yeah, tonight. Super Tuesday time. Let's do this. Let's go. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. Bye bye, guys!
man! Somebody stop the damn man! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.